Forensic investigator Paul O'Sullivan has done lifestyle analysis on the National Commission of Police and the head of a Hawks. Let's find out what he discovered. Welcome, Paul. Hi, good day to you and uh, good day to all that listeners and viewers. Tell us what you found. Shall we start with the National Commissioner? Yeah, so I've always been a bit worried about the National Commissioner. I think he knows it because um, he sent a message to me through a third party that I should back off. And you know, when somebody does that, it just it's a red rag to a bull. So at the time he was appointed, I was of the opinion that he was not a fit and proper person to be the chief of police. And he's proven that. Uh, he he was appointed. Um, at the time he was appointed, I was able to show that he was living beyond his means. The lifestyle analysis I did on him then demonstrated that he was living beyond this means to the tune of about 20,000 plus minus 20,000 rand a month. And he was also working what I call revolving door loans. So he borrowed from Peter to pay back Paul and then take out another loan. And every time he took out a loan, it would be slightly higher. So the situation was just going downhill. Now I decided to have a look again because since he's been appointed the chief of police, uh, crime in South Africa has gone up, not down. And one would have thought that if we had a competent chief of police, crime would go down, not up. Um, and I'm p pretty sure that I've also seen a deterioration in the morale of the, the men and women in the police, not... Uh, not just the whole of the police, but more importantly, the good men and women of the police, the men and women that do a fine job. Um, and we work with them all the time. And they're getting disillusioned. Many of them are throwing in the towel. Um, many of them are afraid to do their work properly because um, they stand out if they do their work properly and they end up getting targeted. So you have a situation now where the police is populated with a number of criminals and some of those criminals are engaged in the criminal activity that's going out there. Since Massimola was appointed, we'd uncovered several crime syndicates which were actively working with the police. Now, that is not the solution to solving crime in the country. And the lack of leadership now is so bad that you go into a police station to open a docket, and we're doing this on a regular basis, We've got fools behind the desk who are too lazy to do their work that come up with all sorts of excuses as to why they cannot investigate a, a case or have a case opened. Now, the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa gives every uh, person in South Africa the right to make a criminal complaint. And the police are now adopting a stance that they won't accept these criminal complaints. And that's in breach of the regulations and the Constitution. So we've started making notices about this. We had a case recently uh, involving forgery and uttering of forged documents, fraud and theft, involving an amount of over 6 million rand, where the um, suspect was producing fake documents to entice people to pay money, and they paid the money, and then the fake documents 
we managed to get copies of them because they were tendered to the people that paid the monies. He was also selling cars, which he didn't own. He couldn't sell those cars because they weren't his property. We got the history of the motor vehicles. And when we opened the docket, uh, four days later, the police closed the docket saying it was a civil matter. Now, how on earth it can be a civil matter when a person is enticing people to pay money with the use of fake documents, forged documents, is beyond me. So we had to go back to that police station, um, meet with the station commander, and the station commander also said it was a civil matter. So we pointed out to him that he didn't understand the law, and he became very upset, but to cut a long story short, we then had to go to the NPA, who'd never seen the docket. It was never brought to a prosecutor, and eventually they decided, yes, there's a case here that the man must be arrested and charged. Now, that led me to start looking very carefully at the commissioner of police, and I decided, well, while I'm at it, let me take a look at the head of the Hawks. Now, in terms of the legislation, Section 17 of the, the Police Service Act, the Hawks is supposed to be semi-autonomous, if you want to call it that, from the police. Um, and this is because of the litigation that took place after the disbandment um, of the Scorpions. So the Hawks are supposed to be semi-autonomous, but they're not. In any way, shape, or form, they, they, the people who work in there are all police officers and they have police badges. Uh, but the thing is, they are supposed to be semi-autonomous. When Godfrey LeBayer was appointed in place of um, a chap by the name of Ntlemeza, and I had a hand in getting rid of Ntlemeza. In fact, I went to uh, the Helen Sussman Foundation and persuaded them uh, to take action against the state for appointing Ntlemeza, and I even sponsored that litigation, and they won, and Ntlemeza was fired, and he was replaced with Godfrey LeBayer. And when Godfrey LeBayer was when Godfrey LeBayer was appointed, I was quite happy because I've known the man for many years and he's he, he always came across to me as a person that was uh, very knowledgeable. Um, he has a, a a doctorate in law and he's also he was also registered as an advocate. He had a master of master's degree. Um, so I was very happy with the fact that he uh, was appointed. But when I decided to have a look at the National Commissioner of Police, which I did at the end of last year, I also had a look at Godfrey LeBayer because I thought to myself, well, is it just the police that's gone south or is it the Hawks as well? And the, the sad part about it is there's some really, really, really good, competent uh, men and women in both the Hawks and the police, but there's, 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 there's a lack of leadership. So when I started looking at it, I found that in the two years, or less than two years since his appointment, um, Godfrey LeBayer has managed to pay off all of his uh, debts. He had lots of debts. They've all been paid off. Now, I don't know how he paid them all off. I imagine he must have been given a really big pay rise because he... Ah, let me just switch off my email. I imagine he must have been given a really big pay rise because he was living very badly beyond his means. Now, he's living a, a good lifestyle. It doesn't appear that he's living beyond his means. 
but the country's gone south in terms of crime, which means he's not actually focusing on his job. And I've also noticed that wherever he goes, he seems to be joined at the hip by the Minister of Police. And I'm just wondering which one of them is actually in charge of the police. The same police minister was trotting up and down on the beach at Clifton, uh, instructing police officials to arrest others for not wearing their masks or, or whatever, or having uh, socializing on the beach during COVID. Now, the police minister also has been riding around in the police jet, and the regulations on the police jet are crystal clear. Civilians are not allowed to go on that police jet. It's for the use of the commissioner of police or the deputy national commissioner of police, and, and it's, it's for official use. And yet, uh, Masamoma and the minister, who appear to be joined at the hip, go everywhere together on that police jet. And I'm, I've suggested to um, various politicians that they should ask a question, in, a question in Parliament as to how often the police minister travels on the police jet because he's not supposed to. Um, that's another story for another day. But the bottom line is the lack of leadership in the police is bringing this country to its knees. The levels of rape, murder, what I call contact crimes, robbery, housebreaking and theft, business premises robbery, house robbery, it's, it's just going up and up and up. And there can only be one explanation for it, and that is that there's no leadership in the police. So then I go look at Godfrey Lebeyer, and I find actually his appointment was unlawful. He wasn't lawfully appointed in the first place. And the reason I say that is the following. And it's, it's covered in an email which I've sent to the president, and I've given you a copy of that email. You're welcome to publish it if you wish. But Godfrey Lebeyer uh, was appointed in May 2018. Now he's 62 years of age. If he was appointed in May 2018, the Act... Uh, section 17CA, uh, paragraph 15, states quite clearly that the maximum period an employee as head of Hawks can stay on for is 62 years, except with the approval of Parliament granted by resolution. So then I checked the Parliamentary Monitoring Group's records. There was never a resolution passed authorising Godfrey Lebeer to be appointed for seven years. He couldn't be appointed for a shorter term because the Act makes it clear. It makes it clear that he must be appointed as head of the directorate for a non-renewable fixed term of not shorter than seven years and not exceeding 10 years, which means he must have been appointed for at least seven years. Well, if he was appointed for seven years in May 2018, that would have taken him up to May 2025. In May 2025, he will be 64 years of age, which takes him over the 62 threshold, which means his appointment was unlawful unless it was approved by Parliament. If that wasn't a big enough problem, the next problem was mind-blowing. When I did a lifestyle audit on Godfrey LeBayer, I found that he had a tax judgment against him in the amount of 
125,848.23. So I thought, no, this can't be right. So I got one of my staff to go down to the court, and we managed to get a copy of the judgment, and I've supplied you with that as well. And from that judgment, it becomes immediately clear um, that that he, he, he didn't pay his taxes. Now, if you don't pay your taxes and you end up with a tax bill like that, the amount of the tax bill is 2,860,260 rand, and the, the interest of 265,000 makes up the difference. Now, that's a problem because one of the biggest problems we have in South Africa today is fraud-related syndicate crime, which involves money laundering, and also crimes against the um, the tax, the SARS, the South African Revenue Service. Now, I then looked into the involvement of the DPCI. We call them the Hawks or DPCI. The DPCI are the main agency because it's directorate for priority crimes investigation. So all these tax frauds going on out there are investigated by Godfrey LeBayer's units. Now, how on earth can you have the head of a unit who was unlawfully appointed in the first place investigating tax crimes when he himself owes the, the receiver more than 3 million rand? How on earth can that be right? So I therefore wrote to, to Cyril. Um, yeah, I see you've written to both the, uh, the president um, and to deputy president Paul Marshatili, what responses have you received, if any? I, I wrote to Cyril first, and I mean, you know, Cyril and I go back a long way. I thought I'll write to Cyril first. So I wrote to him and I copied his um, his advisors, his special advisors. And the reason I did that is because, obviously, he's the president of the country. He's a busy man. He probably doesn't have time to read this email, and people are filtering the emails for him. I mean, I'm not the president of the country, um, but I have people filtering my emails for me because I just get far too many emails in a day, and it's very hard for, for me to go through them all. But So I decided I'll copy his special advisors, and I also um, PDF the email, and I WhatsApped it to his special advisors. So, And that was on the 8th of January, and I've had no response. So... On Friday last week, I've now forwarded it to Paul Mashatili, and I said, well, you're the deputy president. The president's obviously too busy to deal with all the crime in the country. Um, I'm certainly not going to address it to the minister of police because I don't consider him to be a fit and proper person to be in the job. So I sent it to Paul Mashatili, and that was only on Friday. And what I did do is I sent it to his private email address because um, I didn't want somebody on his staff thinking, oh, this is not a matter for Paul. So I've sent it to his private email address. And what have you asked them to do? Sorry to interrupt you, uh, Paul. What have you asked them to do about the National Commissioner and the head of a Hawks? Okay, so what I said was there's only one course of action. There's, you know, there, there can't be any other course of action. And, and that is one, a pre-dismissal suspension of both the National Commissioner of Police and the National Head of the DPCI. Two, ethical and transparent process to locate and appoint two 
eminently suitable persons. This business of appointing a chief of police who's unfit for purpose has got to stop because, sadly, when the current chief of police was appointed, I was approached by one of uh, Cyril's special advisors and I was given a list of potential candidates for chief of police and there were eight names on the list. And I went through the list of eight names and only two of them were fit and proper persons. Um, and strangely, neither of them were interviewed because it had already been predetermined who would be appointed and the decision was taken behind closed doors. And there's no doubt in my mind that the decision was influenced by the Minister of Police. And the proof of that is under the previous Minister of Police, uh, under, the ple un under the previous Commissioner of Police, the Minister of Police never stepped foot inside the police jet. Under the current Commissioner of Police, um, the police jet is his private taxi. So then I said... Um, after appointing or while you're appointing two eminently suitable persons, you need to dismiss the police minister and replace him with a person that has no baggage. Remember, the police minister insists on calling himself general. Now, he was found unfit. An inquiry took place and he was found unfit to be commissioner of police and he was dismissed. That doesn't give him the right to call himself a general and that doesn't give him the right. He insists on being called a general. General Minister, they call him, or Minister General. Now, how on earth can you have that kind of carry-on? His photograph is up in all the police stations, and he conducts himself as if he is the chief of police. He needs to be dismissed and replaced with somebody, a competent person to be the Minister of Police. And I've said, if we do all those things, we will finally end up with ethical leadership in the police, We'll have national and provincial accountability for a police service that serves the people of South Africa instead of committing crimes against them. And finally, we'll have noticeable reduction in contact crime. Now, this business of, of seeing the country go south and sitting back and doing nothing, it's got to stop. And if the president and the deputy president don't believe that fixing crime in South Africa is as important as getting the electricity working um, and getting the education system working and getting water flowing into people's homes and getting the health system working and not having sewage running down the streets, then they've made it clear that they don't want to, to govern the country. Well, how optimistic are you of them acting? If, if they don't act, we'll be will be forced to bring a court application to take their conduct on a judicial review because the government are not allowed to knowingly appoint unfit uh, persons into the position of chief of police or to unlawfully appoint somebody into the position of head of hawks and then do nothing about it when the fact that the guy has got more than a three million rand judgment against him, which, by the way, should automatically result in the cancellation of his security clearance. Now, how can you be head of Hawks if you don't have security clearance? It's, it's just un, un, unthinkable. And if you look at the chief of police, we're talking about a man that flew overseas on a free, on a free journey to look at um, equipment 
And while he was there, got a the, the, the famous Louis Vuitton bag. And that was given to him by a criminal. Now, when you've got a chief of police that gets a Louis Vuitton bag for his wife from a criminal, how are you going to fix crime in the country? Anywhere else in the world, these people would be in jail. And here, they give them a job as chief of police. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that they have to fix it. And if they don't, forensics for justice, although we haven't got much money in the bank, we will start a process to raise funds and, and bring a court application to have the chief of police replaced with a proper leader, somebody that knows how to lead people. Thank you. That was Paul O'Sullivan speaking to Biz News. I'm Christine. Thank you, Paul.